District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, Juror 4 Person, Juror Number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury in the above entitled matter as to count three, second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021 at 1.45 p.m. And with that, Derek Chauvin is found guilty on all three counts. And I got to tell you, I'm very surprised. You know what? I'll say it. I'm shocked. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's so good to be with you. I am not shocked that he was found guilty of second-degree manslaughter. I was expecting that. Anything you want to discuss about people who created a prejudice in this case, and there are many of them, Maxine Waters, President Biden, Vice President Harris, the media, uh, the mob that was outside, And it was a mob. And this is the part where it gets real problematic. I tell you that I believe Derek Chauvin is guilty of manslaughter. I'll say it anywhere. Yes, I am fully aware, fully aware that George Floyd had drugs in his system. That very well may have killed him. Or would have killed him, I, I should say. Doesn't change what officer, former officer Chauvin did. Doesn't change it at all. So I was I saw that. Third degree murder. Now that's a Minnesota thing. Right? Very, very interesting. They used this in the shooting uh, involving Officer Muhammad Noor. This took place a couple of years ago. A woman calls about a disturbance next door. Police shows up. She knocks on the door. The woman who made the phone call. The officer got scared, shot through the window, and killed her. Third degree murder. But with a third-degree murder charge, according to how it's, it's written, you have to uh, be a danger to those around you. Well, Derek Chauvin was only a danger to George Floyd. And that's why it was so interesting in, the, in that, that charge that you saw a judge say, no, 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 you, you can't bring this charge. And then they had to appeal it to be able to say, yes, 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 we've done it in other places. We should be able to, even though it doesn't necessarily fit. The second degree murder, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they found that, how they found that that was, it it rose to that level. Uh, A guy, uh, an officer who was following what he thought and and certainly trained was procedure. I don't know how you get to second degree murder. I don't, I'm saying it from a legal side, right? Notice uh, how you have to now couch this because someone's gonna tell you, oh, you don't care that black people are getting killed. Stop. I put forth to you that there are many people who are associated with Black Lives Matter who don't care about anybody getting killed, black or what have you. They don't care. 
They only care about their ideology and burning things to the ground. That's very obvious. By the way, things didn't so much burn uh, to the ground. We've got uh, John Justice from the Justice and Drew uh, radio program. He'll be with us in the next hour to give us what's going on in Minneapolis and what happened with the city last night. And it's to that conversation that so much of this is now conversation. Did this jury say guilty so they could go home alive? Tony, why is it when a black man gets justice, you're always blaming the system? Not only am I not blaming the system, I'm flat out worried about the system because I oppose mobs. Mob rule, mob thought, mob mentality, the things that create what they call moral panic, I oppose. I want logic. I want reason. I also want a good steak and a laugh. But give me logic and reason over mob mentality any day of the week and twice on Sunday. This is what I want. The jury went home every day. Did you know that? They were only sequestered during deliberations. They were not sequestered every single day. They went home with only the instructions of, don't you watch the news now. It was one of those, you know, a little finger gun. Bang, bang. Who knows what they saw and what they heard? They walked in every morning to those barbed wire fences and concrete barricades. I am not sure whether or not they were intimidated. They didn't hear, man, if it ain't guilty. Ooh, confrontation. That wasn't me uh, talking. Uh, That was Maxine Waters, right? That was Maxine Waters saying, if we don't get that, that, that guilty charge, well then, ooh, who knows? That they say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we, got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. I'm so glad as far as you're concerned, because you're the intellectual heavyweight I'm going to turn to when I need answers to things. Good thing you're calling for guilty, guilty, guilty. You don't even know what the charges are. Maxine Waters, she's here simply to help lead the way. (sighs) I don't know. I had a chance to speak with William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the brains behind LegalInsurrection.com. I'll share that with you coming up. Get his thoughts. Does this thing get appealed? Well, I assume it gets appealed. Well, does it get overturned? Look, I, I, I wish I could say I was enough of a legal mind to know. I think our, the, the odds are, are truly 50-50. Nope, nope, nope. 80-20 against. I do. I, I, I guess I'm always to that kind of thing with, with odds, right? I'm never, I'm never a big believer. Overturned. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a rough one. That's a hard one. Because you know the city will explode, which is part of the problem. How much of this mob mentality is playing into the decisions that are made? And the answer is seemingly a lot. And some people think it's going to be more difficult than I do. This was Judge Jeanine Pirro. The, the, the ever Trump-supporting Jeanine Pirro. And she was on Fox, and she was asked, 
Did you not catch this? Listen to her thoughts on this guilty verdict. The, uh, the, the, the verdict is supported by the facts. This case was extremely unusual. I've tried many murder cases, and I sat as a judge on murder cases. It is rare that you even get a picture of the victim in a murder case, other than maybe an autopsy photo. But here, we had a living, breathing person that the, the jury was able to relate to every day, day after day, watching the trauma of what he went through begging for air, begging to breathe. This was an emotional uh, as well as an intellectual decision. And when I say that, make no mistake, the facts are solid on this verdict. This verdict will be upheld on appeal. But right now, what people need to understand is that the American justice system works. It works that people believe in, in lady justice, that if we give it a chance, it can work. And for all those people who want to burn down streets just let the court do its job and it will it will survive now i do agree I, I i support the systems i believe in in uh being a nation of laws not a nation of men i i believe uh, that the systems do work and no they're not systemically racist what trash we'll we'll get into the horror that is systemic racism you should if you think schools in the heartland are any different than the schools on the coast, ooh, I got news for you coming up. But I, I, I share with you that I was a little surprised to hear her say that she thinks it'll hold up on appeal. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I would assume she knows a little more about this than I do. I am not sure at this moment if it was guilty on all three counts because he was guilty on all three counts or because this jury was worried about what could happen to them. I worry anytime there is the mob. And there is a mob. And it's in Congress and it's in celebrity culture and it was there in Minneapolis and it's in lots of other places. Can't run a society like that. Cannot run a society like that. And we shouldn't. So I do worry. I do have concerns. But we will have more on this and William Jacobson coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So don't think that everything is just the Chauvin case. Guilty on all three counts. Second degree murder, third degree murder, second degree manslaughter. Tony Katz, so good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Go to TonyKatz.com and get the podcast. Biden is doing all the other things that make him all sort of Biden-y. And when I say Biden-y, I mean a progressive. Joe Biden is a progressive. Anytime they called him a moderate, of course, they weren't speaking the truth. He certainly seems more moderate than Bernie Sanders, but in order to get this gig, he has to be this guy. And it also should be said that Joe Biden's a mean guy. The history is there. He's not this grandfatherly guy. He can do the grandfatherly thing, but he's not, a, he's not a grandfatherly guy. He's a mean guy. If you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. Hey, fat. Remember he did that? He's going to take you outside and just not, hey, this is a big blanking deal. I mean, that's not a nice dude. That's all there is to it. And now the latest to prove that he's not a moderate Joe Biden pledges to half greenhouse gases 
by 2030. Ah! Holy crap. What does that even mean? Understand for the ideologue. There's only ideologue things. This is Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. He was the Senate version of the Green New Deal, right? Ocasio-Cortez in the House, Ed Markey in the Senate. Listen to him talk about Biden's policies. The Biden administration is including climate action, environmental justice, and the care economy in its recovery plans. That's the DNA of the Green New Deal that we... You understand that he's not a moderate. Just so we can put that to bed. But let us get into what this means, this pledge. He's having a virtual climate summit. 40 world leaders. And he wants to cut things in half. He wants to pressure other nations to do the same. Like China and India are going to do anything like it. Do you really think China could get bullied by a hashtag? Only Americans are dopey enough to get bullied by a hashtag. Oh, no, they said something on social media. I guess I have to comply now. This isn't going to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A binding um, pledge. But it will be, as was reported, symbolically important. Does it matter if it's even a treaty? Biden doesn't have to sign anything just to move America in that direction, but think of the conversation itself. Having greenhouse gases by 2030. If you looked at part of what they discussed in the Green New Deal, you learned, and this is very important for farmers, very important for ranchers, very important for anybody who works the land, everybody in the Midwest, right? Because this is an attack on you and your kids, on us and our kids. When they in the Green New Deal said reducing carbon to the amount feasibly, technologically feasible. The amount technologically feasible is you not running an engine. Is that lost on people? Note they didn't say by these couple of measures. They said by the amount technically feasible. Listen to this. Having greenhouse gases by 2030. How? I can cut them in half if I tell people you no longer have a tractor. Now go find yourself an ox and learn how to build a plow. But you can't use a chainsaw to cut the wood. I hope you got a good strong axe hand. I don't know if it's called an axe hand. It's what I went with at the moment. Just go with me. Radical, progressive, and violent. If you ever wondered whether or not Joe Biden hates your children, take a look at this. Take a look at this and listen again to this. The Biden administration is including climate action, environmental justice, and the care economy in its recovery plans. That's the DNA of the Green New Deal that we introduced. It's hate. It's ideological rabidness. It's all they see. They, it, 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 it. There is something seriously wrong with idol worship, as I see it. And when people tell me, oh, gosh, it's got to be Trump. Trump has to be the president again. It can only be Trump. That's idol worship. No. You got to learn what you can from Donald Trump, but it doesn't necessarily have to be him. 
because that's a problem. People used to do this about Ronald Reagan, I think, to an extent, till, still do. How do you compete with Ronald Reagan's ghost? You're a Republican. How do you compete with that? You can't. So therefore, you never measure up and you're never good enough. That's the problem right there. Idol worship keeps you from your opportunities as I see it. Having principles and adhering to them, that's very valuable. Very valuable indeed. What we're talking about here is a rigid radical ideology that says at all costs, including by definition the human cost, we can't have you running that tractor. Well, less food is going to get to people. Well, then we as the government will ration the food as we see fit to be able to handle the farmers hurting American children. Wait, you're the one who hurt our children. We, the government, have spoken. It plays out like a George Orwell novel because that's always the way it plays out on, on how it's going to get twisted and turned and manipulated. You've already seen that. This is radical stuff from Joe Biden. Radical dangerous, awful, scary stuff. Oh, I am worried about farmers and ranchers. I am worried about farmers and ranchers. I am worried about the people who work the land for a living, who work with their hands for a living. Every time they talk about a cafe standard, right, and they have to lower the amount of emissions a a, a truck uses, they're all in, in cities riding bicycles. We live in the country. Sometimes you got to drive to get to the next farm. You had farmers in France go crazy on the government when they want to do a gas tax. Why? Because the people in, in Paris, they're not paying it. Only the people who live out in the countryside pay it. That is absolutely the way they think of it. They don't mind abusing the farmer, abusing the rancher, and then blaming them after abusing them. Ideological people only care about the ideology. This is Tony Katz today. District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, Juror 4 Person, Juror Number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury in the above entitled matter, as to count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. It was actually all three, second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. Is this a shock? Is this a surprise? This isn't a question of whether or not you thought he was guilty. This is a question of whether or not you thought a case could be made, not just for one, but for all three, including a very tough 
uh, requisite there, which is second-degree murder. Let me bring in William Jacobson of LegalInsurrection.com, Cornell Law Professor. He's going to be doing post-trial analysis over at LegalInsurrection.com this evening at 8 p.m. You can be a part of it, LegalInsurrection.com. We've spoken about this, sir. We've spoken about this case. Talk to me about what you think of this uh, decision, guilty on all three counts. What was the jury looking at in your eyes? Well, of course, it's hard to know. I think the quick verdict uh, seems to indicate that there really wasn't any doubt in their mind going into deliberations. I think the you know a combination of circumstances, uh, I think people have to distinguish two things here. One, Substantively, there was evidence of a crime here. There was, I believe there was also reasonable doubt as to what Chauvin did actually cause the death. But I can't say there was no evidence to support a conviction. Uh, but in this political atmosphere, with uh, every single juror knowing that their life was would be over if they voted not to convict, that they would be doxxed, they would be harassed, they would be attacked with a congresswoman out there threatening additional confrontation with, you know, everything going on, protesters on the streets. I think there was a real question here whether a trial in Minneapolis, regardless of the evidence, could have resulted in a not guilty. But that said, there was certainly evidence of a crime, I think, you know, and uh, I was surprised substantively that they convicted on everything. But, you know, just a couple of days before, you had a congresswoman on TV, Maxine Waters, saying if they don't convict of murder, we're going to get you know, a, more confrontational. So I'm not really sure what was going on in the jury's mind, except that you know, there was evidence to convict. I don't think it was second-degree murder under Minnesota law uh, or even third-degree uh, murder under Minnesota law uh, because you know, what he did was not an inherently dangerous act. Uh, I think there was plenty of testimony even from prosecution witnesses that keeping someone in the prone position and applying weight to them is actually uh, something taught to Minneapolis police. Uh, I think the argument was he went on too long. Now, I want to make sure that everybody is is on the same page. You are not having a conversation of whether or not you agree with officer, former officer Chauvin. You're taking a look at the argument that was made. Your team has been covering this every single day over at legalinstruction.com. And based on the presentation and your understanding of the law, you don't think second degree or third degree applies, and you're engaging with us in some of the things that you heard. Why, in your view, is second degree manslaughter clearly a proper uh, guilty finding? Because that's essentially a negligence standard. It's a standard that, you know, um, I think you could make a good argument, and it wouldn't have shocked me if the jury went along with this, that while it might have been proper to arrest him and it might have been proper to take him to the ground, which even prosecution witnesses said is a technique taught, and while it may have even been proper to put him prone on the ground, which, again, prosecution use of force police witnesses said was proper, it went on too long. And I think that, you know, fairly looking at it, if at some point in that nine minutes, halfway into it, when it was clear this person was either completely non-responsive or becoming non-responsive, 
they had rendered some sort of medical care or done something to ease the situation, I think it might have been a different result. But I think the re- that, that it was negligent. Having put him properly in the prone position, it was negligent to keep him there even after he visibly stopped breathing. And, and kind of my reaction that I wrote about immediately after the uh, close of the evidence but before the closing arguments was, I think that's a problem. I think that, you know, when somebody is handcuffed on the ground, no longer resisting, um, you know, and has visibly stopped breathing, why do you keep weight on him for another two minutes? So I think that was always going to be a problem. But that's not, you know, second degree murder and it's not third degree murder. It's manslaughter. Uh, And so that's why I think that if that had been the result, while I do think there was reasonable doubt as to cause of death and things like that, I, I think that would have been understandable. But the fact that the jury came back so quickly with, you know, um, you know, second degree murder, basically convicted of everything, tells me that they didn't really have an open mind on these things. Let us get into that idea right now. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, LegalInsurrection.com is the site. You should check it out for yourself. We spoke about what Representative Maxine Waters said, that we're going to continue in the streets, and I want guilty, 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 and only of murder. We're going to get more confrontational. Um, you, you saw the crowds that built. You know that the jury was going home in the evening only with the instructions of don't watch the news. So there's a question of what they saw and what was uh, prejudicial. This is a conversation not even just about this case, but about the legal system in general. Is it possible that someone like Judge Cahill, who was presiding over this case, or is it possible that on appeal, as we heard Judge Cahill say, the defense now has a great reason to get this thing overturned uh, on appeal. Will the quick verdict, 10 hours of deliberation, will that play into this? And will we see any level of appeal? Because there's back and forth on this, including people like uh, the, the TV judge and, and TV host uh, Janine Pirro saying, no, this is going to survive appeal. What do you say? Well, I think there's a real question. I mean, this Judge Cahill, I thought, within the confines of the courtroom, seemed to be a reasonable judge who tried to do his best, but he made one error which tainted the entirety of the case which was not two errors. One is not moving it out of Minneapolis. I mean, for goodness sake, the jurors had to arrive every day to a heavily fortified public uh, building uh, with fencing, National Guard, uh, heavy police presence. They knew what was going to happen. So not moving it out of Minneapolis, not changing the venue was mistake number one which probably made a fair trial impossible. And mistake number two was not sequestering the jury and not really protecting their identity. Because during jury selection, while they didn't show the faces of the jurors, they played the voices, which means all their co-workers, all their family members, all their neighbors were going to know who they were. So you went into a trial with threats of violence, Uh, a history of violence in Minneapolis. The city, significant neighborhoods were completely burned down and gutted. Um, People threatening violence if there wasn't uh, uh, the result they wanted in the case. And the jurors had really no anonymity. I think that it was guaranteed that if there was a not guilty verdict 
by the time we're speaking now, these names would be out there, reporters would be at their front doors, and protesters would be leaving, you know, severed pig's head on their door like they did to the witness, um, the, the defense witness. They did that to the house he used to live in, thinking he still lived there um, in California. So I think that, you know, this entire case was tainted. That's not to say there wasn't evidence for a conviction, but the entire process had a taint to it that I think you couldn't get rid of. Now, what that means on appeal, I think, you know, one of the points I've made, heard a number of people make is that it's not clear that the taint was sufficiently documented. I mean, do we know whether any of the jurors actually heard what Maxine Waters said? So, you know, I, I think that's going to depend how an appeals court is going to view it, uh, that there has to be evidence that the jury actually was tainted, not that there was a political atmosphere which was hostile to a particular verdict. But, you know, and I, I think that's something where perhaps the defense, you know, lawyer, uh, you know, didn't do a great job in preserving that record and that evidence for an appellate court. He certainly raised the objection. But he should have asked for each juror to be spoken to privately by the judge. I mean, there should have been some record that these jurors actually heard it. William Jacobson, LegalInsurrection.com, Cornell Law Professor. I appreciate you taking the time. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Multiple failures at the Johnson & Johnson vaccine plant in Baltimore. Right? This is where they threw out the 15 million doses. This is different than Johnson and Johnson uh, having uh, this issue regarding blood clots, which have we gotten that wrapped up yet? When do we get that done? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, Facebook, Tony Katz radio. Be sure to like the page, parlor, Instagram, Twitter at Tony Katz. So at this facility, which is from emergent biosolutions, they ruined 15 million doses of J and J vaccine. It was, quote, not maintained in a clean and sanitary condition, unquote, and, quote, procedures to prevent cross-contamination are not followed. You're going to freak people out with that statement in a way that is just nuts. You are going to drive people crazy with that statement. What will drive people more crazy? The idea that the facility where a Johnson & Johnson vaccine was made was not maintained in a clean and sanitary condition and there were no procedures, uh, there were procedures, I should say, to prevent cross-contamination that were not followed? Or is it this Black Lives Matter activist who supports looting? Support all that I support them looting the the Dollar Tree, I support the looting of uh, what other did they loot? Uh, like the like the advanced auto parts. Um, I remember last year they t- looted Target. I support all that. Loot all that. Do you know why? Because black people and marginalized and oppressed people could loot every store in this whole country for 200 years. It would not even come close to the debt that America owes up. So which one? Wow. By the way, uh, that uh, that woman is a great example of how the whole conversation of Black Lives Matter and the, some of the things that you're seeing and post uh, the Derek Chauvin uh, verdict and and uh, other conversations has nothing to do with race. It also to do with ideology. Right. Going going back to Biden. 
right? And, and the ideological rigidness of, of uh, green insanity. It has to do with rigid ideology. In this case, it has to do with things like Marxism, because that was a black woman saying that. But you'd be out of your head if you thought every black woman agreed with her. That's how I know it's not about race. It's not. The idea that people think in these monolithic blocks is horrific and, and, and insulting. You know, after the Chauvin uh, decision, right? Uh, guilty on, on, on all three counts. Uh, what was it that CNN had? I was going to talk about this later. I was going to talk about it later. I've already talked about it. Where is it? Hold on. Where? Oh, here it is. Here it is. On CNN, the headline was on their website, the law finally worked. All eyes now turn to the Senate. The law finally worked is as much of the proof that this is ideological than anything else you need. Do you know how crazy that is? Do you know how insane that is? How much of a lie that is? How twisted that is? How evil that is? This is CNN. They're an apple. They're a banana. They're fools to make a statement like this. We've discussed changing laws. Go ahead and do it. It's like that case that took place uh, with the girl with the knife. You know what? I'll have more on that coming up as well. But yeah, the, what this woman is talking about, she supports looting. Do you support looting black-owned sto- uh, stores? Just just asking for, for a friend because they've been looted and they've been destroyed. Just want to know if you support it. Or, or, or is that just an acceptable casualty to you, right? For the ideologue, there are casualties as long as it's not them. Oh, they're fine with somebody else being the casualty. They're just trying to make sure it's not them. That's always the way it goes. This is bad news about uh, Johnson & Johnson. Now, am I going to find that it wasn't as bad as, as we heard? It didn't have anything to do with processing. It had to do you know, with uh, shipping and receiving or something like that? Maybe. Maybe. I The, the ones, by the way, uh, that I think the, the blood clots where those doses were made was in the Netherlands. Uh, that, that's according to thehill.com. I just want that back. I want to know if it's saving back on the market. Because if I'm getting the vaccine, that's the one I'm getting. If, if I'm getting the vaccine, that's the one I'm getting. Can I share with you an ugly story? I just saw this in the New York Post, and I honestly don't know what they're doing over there. They sometimes do real reporting, and then they get you know blocked and banned by, by Twitter and social media. And then uh, they do really weird things, and this is one of them. Who is Derek Chauvin's beauty queen ex-wife, Kelly, and where is she now? Hiding from you so she doesn't have to have that, have that question asked of her. By the way, she got separated from him three days after he got arrested. She filed for divorce, uh, citing an irretrievable breakdown. Why Why would you even begin to bother her? Why would anybody be looking for her? This is, this is the weirdest part of our society. Do we really think this matters? 
because it absolutely positively does not matter in any way, shape, or form. I want her to go live her life in peace and not being bothered. Stop bothering people so you can have one more thing to click on. Create content and leave people alone. This is Tony Katz today.